Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s, giving the respect to one of the games that we love, the headlines of pop culture, and the meaning behind it all. I'm host Wendy Burns, along with my counterpart Savon Morris, and the head of the Green Bay Packers fan club. <laughs> How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. How are you? Doing good, man. And and for this episode, we have a lot to get into. Um, obviously, a, a few NFL topics as we're you know just a few weeks away from the season. It's, it's ramping up again. Our favorite time, yes. our favorite time of the year. Yes. Um, also, also getting into, into some music reviews in the second half. We're going to do review offenses. But to start off with just thoughts on you know how Mac Jones can grow into the Patriots' offense his second year. Um, you know, the Patriots are going to be hosting the Giants in their preseason op- opener tonight. And Jones recently said <clears throat> after their uh, 11th practice of training camp, co- uh, quote, at the end of the day, um, you're going to have your ups and downs and anything new. Um, I think we're close on a lot of things. It's just that 2% we need to fix, end quote. But to you, like, what are your thoughts on how Mac Jones can develop? Because, you know, they had had a good season last year, but obviously with how things closed out, it wasn't the same type of start they wanted to have um, to, to make a deep run in the postseason. You know, I think Cam Newton said it the best. Mac Jones is going to be a problem for years. You just look at what he was able to accomplish in his rookie season. He had them in a top 15 in every category. There was eight in rushing, 14 in passing, and there were 15 averaging, I think, 353 yards a game. It's going to come. They have the players. They draft well. They get players um, that fit into the system that Bill Belichick like. Mac Jones checks boxes. And we said this when he was at Alabama. He's a he's a facilitator. He's a game manager. He's not going to quarterback. Wow. Yes. He's not going to wow you with 500 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, <laughs> rushed for 68 yards. Like, he's not going to do that. He's going to manage the game. He's smart. He's intelligent. He has he's the not sports center top 10. No, he's not going to be the, <laughs> You know, but I think his highest, his, his highlight of the year was when he got drafted and how he's walked out, you know? <laughs> That was the highlight of his entire fr- rookie year. Like him walking out, just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to. I'm a man with a mission. I'm a man with a mission. But you know, you go, oh, they, they have the weapons, Wellington. I'm excited yeah. at what they can do. You get Devontae Parker, who's still got some juice left in those legs. He's going to take the roof off. I'm mm-hmm. looking for Aguilar to, to come out and be that slot wide receiver they need. But yeah. I think they're going to be fine. Damian Harris is, is at the running back position. James White just retired. They're going to miss him. But I think they're, he's more than capable of taking this team to the playoffs or getting at least 10 wins out of 17. I think he's, I think last year should show people that he's legit. He's a legit quarterback. He's going to be around for a long time. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like when you have a coach like Bill Belichick, who's who I mean, who, who knows how to, to manage so many offensive systems and, and, and just teams in general because, yeah. because of what he's been through over the years. Like, do you think it's one of those things where Belichick and the Patriots, like just front office, just, they just kind of have a patience because they know like, hey, we've had a lot of success, but this is a different type of era for us. And we just have to trust the process for how, how long this can go with this young quarterback. Oh, yeah. Like you, you can't tell me Bill Belichick, the front office, they didn't do their like ultimate research on Mac Jones. And then you have a good friend and, you know, Nick Saban who gives some little tidbits. We saw, you know, footage of them talking, you know, football and whatever, when they would say, yeah. can y'all leave the room? Like we see them, he's getting like information. That I know of the coach has. So I know they took the precautionary measures to say, okay, we're going to take a channel. Mac Jones, he's the quarterback. We like, like when you, when you look at the Bill Belichick era, mm. Tom Brady is similar to Mac Jones. Tom Brady didn't come in yeah. as like this punk slinger. No, he wasn't. He grew into the role, and then he became that quarterback who would give you 400 yards and three or four touchdowns, or even run and shake a uh, you know uh, <laughs> a Hall of Famer and Brian Urlacher or run, or run against you know try to run yeah. over Ray Lewis. That's gonna come. But he there was ten and seven last year. Three and three in AFC East. They were second in AFC East with a rookie quarterback. Has some shaky stuff going on, but I think they're more than capable. And Mac Jones is more than capable of winning more than ten games this year. They have the weapons, yeah. and he has a season, one season under Bill Belichick's uh, system. Definitely. Um, and now getting into just kind of like how high does the, the duo of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb rank? You know, just as a oh, yeah. tandem. Um, you know, this duo has been just so potent together. As you know, we really haven't seen uh, just just a pairing like this in Cleveland since uh, Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner, who who played together in the late 1980s. And mm. you know, Kareem Hunt has re- recently requested a trade, but Chubb has recently said that also said that he wants him to stay. But what are your thoughts on just how good of an RB duo this is, and just the fact that? Hunt wants to go, but Nick Chubb definitely knows how good of a duo this is and, and how and how just potent they can be going forward. 
I think they balance each other out. You look, Nick Chubb is that that bruiser who has sneaky speed, who can who can do multiple things out the backfield block. But I think Kareem Hunt, when it comes to screen plays, when it comes to catching a ball outside of the backfield, is he's 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 pretty darn good, Wellington. And I think yeah. that's why they balance each other. And Nick Chubb did have his you know injury issues last year, and then Kareem Hunt had to step up. But I think they balance each other out. What they rank, I don't know, maybe top seven because you you have a lot yeah, of guys. Top seven. Yeah. Top seven, you have a lot of you know good system. Uh, you know, I'm you know, I'm biased. You know, we got you know, you know, Aaron Jones and you know, <laughs> the big fella. You know, what I mean, like I'm biased, yeah. but you also have Alvin Kamara, you have Mark Marvin Ingram, you have a yeah. lot of guys, a lot of duos that are really good. You have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, like that's yeah. that's scary in itself. Cam Akers, and you still you have um, I think his name is Kyrie Williams. So I think there's a lot of good uh, running back duos, but they they are top seven. They're definitely top if they stay together. But um, yeah. I I think Nick Chubb understands like I can't do this by myself. And the foot and the NFL has transitioned into the running back doing multiple things. So I think with Kareem Hunt on the on the football team, I think they balance each other out and give Nick Chubb the the rest that he needs during the game. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, when you look at a player like, you know, I mean, obviously with, with Kareem Hunt requesting a trade, we've seen other players yeah. in this offseason, like get trades, uh, especially like in particular Tyree Kill and, and what he was doing. Like when you see a player do that, obviously with Ty, Tyree Kill's situation, it was a little mm-hmm. different. And that is a fascinating look at, at what the Chiefs have going on. Like, what does that say to you when a player has won, won something, won a Super Bowl, but they're still at that point where, where they're like, I want something else. I want something different. And they're having to kind of shake up something but get what they want even though they've already kind of been at the top. I think it's it's to a point in their career where they feel like a team is etching them to a role they don't want to buy into. And you're like, okay, if you guys don't see me as what I feel like I am or where I am in my career, yeah, why would I stay? I'm going to seek other people that see the see me this, the way I see myself. But at the end of the day, sometimes you got to be realistic with yourself. And I think Kareem Hump is Kareem Hump is at, at a point in his career where he still has that capability of taking the top off. He's a good blocker and he's great in the uh, the uh, passing game. So I think he he definitely has value to himself. I think he's perfect with. Um, the Browns, but even though with the quarterback situation, I think that played a uh, part in it too because Deshaun Watson yeah. is looking at a year ban, and then uh, nobody really want to stick around yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah, no. So I understand what Kareem Hems coming from, and I think he's more than capable of being able to do that. But some people that's in this predicament or have been a predicament did things like Le'Veon Bell should have stayed, you know. And then his career kind of waned and he went to the Jets and he didn't do anything in the Jets. And then, you know what I mean? So it just depends on um, being realistic. You have to be realistic with yourself, what what tier you are in your career. And I think players, you know, have that sixth sense like, okay, they don't want me to be this player. They want me to be that player. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's tricky. Absolutely. Um, And and now getting into just kind of like how good of a chance do the Rams have of of repeating as Super Bowl champs. Looking back at the history of the league, you know, it's been – 20 years since we've seen a, a repeat ever um, since the Patriots back in, in 2003 and the Rams, right. you know, they have key players returning such as Aaron Donald, yeah. um, Bobby Wagner, Jalen, Jalen yeah. Ramsey on defense. And then, you know, Stafford plus Cooper cup are, are really key offensive elements uh, that are returning. Like to you, like looking at this team and just, just what they have going forward, because, you know, we definitely knew the talent that they had, you know, yeah. they, they weren't, when they got um, Odell, they weren't immediately, on the uptick because they, they had a two right. game losing streak, but then yeah. were able to go on a run in the postseason, um, be, be the, the the defending Super Bowl champs before they went to the NFC Championship. Like, what? How do you view their season going forward in in a you know very competitive NFC and just what they have for for this year? Oh, it's going to be hard, Wilson. <laughs> even <laughs> even with Bobby Wagner coming over, even you know Aaron Donald coming back, you still have Matthew yeah. Stafford, Cup, Cam Akers is going to be fully healthy. Their schedule is probably the top five hardest. Mm. You got Buffalo the first game of the season. Buffalo is is one of the most dangerous teams in the league. Yes. Just to start off the year. Yes. 
They're 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 getting better. Allen has exceeded all expectations coming into uh, I think his third or fourth year in an NFL and being a star quarterback. He's changed the identity of the Buffalo Bills, and it seems like it's back to the Jim Kelly era. And, and one thing, and, and one thing I wanted to add, you know how close we were to actually getting that Super Bowl. Like oh, Buffalo yeah. should have beat Kansas City, and like this yes. actually could have been the Super Bowl that we got if you really think yes. about it. Because yes. I think Buff, you know, Buffalo against Cincinnati, like I think most people would have probably picked Buffalo just based on how well they were playing. And obviously yeah. Cincinnati was amazing, but I mean, you were just pretty much one game away from getting that Super Bowl originally with Buffalo and, and the Rams. Oh yeah, and then I think Buffalo and Rams have similarity, especially with their front front seven when they they don't allow much rushing yards, and the and the Bengals could not move the ball running wise. So and then they allow I think seven sacks in the Super Bowl, and Aaron Donald had two of those, and you know Von Miller had one or two, but he calls three or four. Like if there are similarities, I would have loved to see that young quarterbacks going at it, but you know I I think it's going to be extremely difficult for them to repeat. Third game is is Arizona. Fourth game is San Francisco, Dallas. You got San Francisco twice. You got Tampa. You got Arizona twice. You got Green Bay Packers. You got Kansas City Chiefs. You want there's schedule. Man, they have a loaded, loaded schedule, man. And then loaded. they got LAC at the end of the season, and it's gonna be and hard. We're so, we're big Justin Herbert fans. Big yes, Justin Herbert fans. Oh. I think I, th- I think he's his his potential is is just sky high. The future quarterback scene is in good hands. Is in good hands for the for the next seven to ten years, and it's going to get even better. But this schedule is top five hardest this year, and even with the the new players and the additions and the old guys coming back, it's going to be extremely difficult for them to even make it out of their division. The yeah. division is that, extremely tough. That was tough. another question I had. Like just, just, just not even looking at the the Super Bowl. Just how tough their division is going to be, because that's going to be a tall, a tall task in and of itself. Oh yeah, but you know, everybody say Arizona is going to be kind of a lightweight because De- DeAndre Hopkins is out for four games for uh, substance. Uh, it, I think he did some like not steroid, but some some drug thing or whatever. Yeah. But he's out four games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're still tough. It's still going to be a tough team, you know. So their division, San Francisco, they got you know chip on their shoulder. Then Trey Lance era starting. I think it's going to be ooh. If he lives up to expectation, this this division is is never going to waver anytime soon. Seahawks is going to be on the rise, but you know the Rams, Arizona, San Francisco are always going to be tough teams in the NFC, and it's it's so happened to be in the in the same division, but. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Matthew Stafford going to have to play perfect football, perfect football, because their schedule is going to be tricky. I know they're going to lose against us, you know. Go pack, go. But <laughs> go pack, go. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Do you have any early forecasting or, or, or just early thoughts on, on just how the Packers season could look and just, just what your expectations are uh, coming up? We're going to make it to the playoffs, and we're going to lose again. That's that's what it's been. I don't think we've added anybody convincingly to tell me that we could get over that hump. And I, I was even reading an article for, from the Ringer about just like how there are certain teams in the NFL. They're either their focus is on a hot start in September or just what are we gonna, what are, how are we going to look in January? Green Bay's mm-hmm. that team. It's just, it all it all matters about January. Like no matter yes. how good the season are, because we know they're going to have a phenomenal season. They're going to do really well. Yeah, twelve, thirteen wins. But what can you do in January? And that's the same thing in San Francisco. Like they were, they had home field. Everything was set up for them back to yeah. back years. Yeah, and it just, you know, it, it wasn't able to to develop into a long run. I'd rather go nine and seven, ten, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> ten, you know, you know what I mean, and be able to almost make like it Giants, over that hump. Almost like the yes. Giants when they're a wild card, like, like, like don't, yes. even, don't even come expecting anything. <laughs> Yo, I'd rather have that and and try to get over the hump. It seems that we cannot figure out how to get over the hump, mm. and we I don't see on offense what the dishes that we did and you know trading Devonte Adams away. I don't see how we could get over that hump. So. Right. Yeah, I foresee us losing in the playoffs again. <laughs> <laughs> Another early exit playoff. <laughs> Another early exit. This is oh, sad, man. man. <laughs> All 
Um, and, and now getting in, into our into our first review, our first music review dealing with Sizz's Control Deluxe, and just kind of thoughts on how the new track sounded. Um, you know, in this deluxe, that the added songs on here, you know, just show the transparency, the transparency she always brings, and the narrative just very unique as well. You know, with tracks that go through the motion of intensely relatable fr- frustra- frustration and also doubt. But um, yeah. looking at some of these new tracks, I mean, like they these are really these are album songs like these could have could have fit on a new album these are lucy's that she was able to add on on, on the five-year deluxe what were your thoughts on just how some of these new tracks sounded and just you know what she has going forward it makes me want the album it just makes me want the album that's it like we talked about it last podcast last week (laughs) just drop it already you should have dropped it three four months after kendrick (laughs) dropped give us perfect rollout you know but Yo, those songs are dope. That just makes so me, dope. yeah, they're so dope. They're literally a vibe. She's a walking vibe, and it just yeah, makes she you had like the album. See me. She had the "Come and See" remix on on the, on the two AM, which I think she literally yeah. bought it. I mean, she, she just... definitely bought it. <laughs> she definitely bought it. It just it just makes me want to know like what's TDE marketing plan for her album and yeah. how many and they're and they're smart too because. She, when you sign a contract, you have so many albums you have with the label. Yeah. So if they prolong your album, albums, you're going to stay on the label long because it doesn't matter how long you've been with the label. It matters about how many albums you dropped and have you made that money back yet. So that's smart, too. They could be able to keep her on the label longer and, you know, hold out her albums. But then, I don't know. That's I'm just speculating at this point, Willington, because we don't have any... <laughs> We don't we don't have any any any, any new music. <laughs> I don't think but she's I mean, still alive. I don't think she's alive, Wellington. That's why they ain't dropped it yet. We check? Can, can we check if she's still alive? Since, so, <laughs> since are you she there? Need, she needs to do a live video, and she needs to make sure to, honestly. Her. She needs to do a live video. My goodness, man. But they probably um, won't let her do that because she probably be like, they holding me back. They're holding me back. They won't let me drop it. Or she's going to do the do the thing where artists, they, they play like a snippet of a new song coming out and they're going to be like, nah, we don't want that. Right, right. <laughs> um, and, and now getting into our next review with, with Chantel Mays um, here. Um, you know, this new track, it, it kind of had a 90s vibe to it and covers just loyalty in a relationship and also, you know, trying to make things work, um, you know, even even when there's significant doubt. Like, what, what were some of your thoughts on this single and just kind of like like how it how it sounded overall? Because it did have this like this feel of wanting to keep a relationship going. And then there, there's that 50 50 feel to it. And it, it just it definitely like I, like I said at the top, it really kind of had a 90s overall vibe to it. Yeah, I love the beat. I love the production. But I just didn't like her on it. Yeah. I just didn't like her on yeah. it. I loved her with uh, Rory and um, and uh, Raheem. Raheem. Yeah, that was. Nice. I loved her verse on that. Her voice was amazing. But this one, I wasn't really feeling. But the, when the first beat came on, I was like, okay, this is gonna be. I like the beat. I like the vibe. And then how she came on, how she was like more like low low key falsetto. But I understand why she sung it that way to kind of match the vibe of the song, but it just didn't it just didn't turn out the way I thought it would turn out. Um, but I wasn't really vibing with it. But it, I mean, I think she's still I like can, her feature. I, I like the feature that she had with the Roy song more than yeah. one. That was kind of disappointing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cause <laughs> she she came in strong, like yeah, like when she came on the, the, the feature, like her first note was like super strong, like she punched her microphone and she did <laughs> and she just came on man so but this one i gotta listen to more of her music because i didn't know she featured on uh divisions album in during oh, pandemic wow. yeah oh my she featured on uh yeah i gotta listen to it i was like oh okay she got she got a couple got songs yeah, no. okay. <laughs> but this sure. one i was a really feeling yeah um and, and, and i mean like that 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 is the thing because we do see that in, in certain artists in terms of like they we hear the production the production is flawless mm. but then they don't really fit on it as well do you think that's one of those things of just like not picking the right the right beat for you because it was a good beat but it just didn't mm. really fit w- what what she possibly could have done on it i think so beat i don't know like artists are different Especially yeah. if you're signed to a label, like okay, I've I watched T Pain's a lot of his interviews and like 
his label like gave him 15 beats, 20 beats every time he went to the studio and he sifted through them and kind of said, okay, all right, I'm going to push out a whole bunch of hooks and then we're going to do it this way. I don't know yeah. if she picked this beat herself or she had a team where they came up with melodies and lyrics to it. Cause I'm pretty sure she has somebody writing her stuff. It just didn't, it just didn't jail well. I don't think, yeah. I mean, the beat alone is a single beat for certain. Oh yeah. It's definitely a single beat. Yeah, definitely. She, she, she it just right, right. Yeah, it just didn't. It just didn't resonate to me. Maybe yeah. if you listen to it in a different, different mode different or setting. different setting. Yeah, settings do matter too. <laughs> it does. It does. Your mental at the at the point. It does yeah. matter. It does matter. But so I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't nothing. I was, you know, crazy so about. It out. Yeah. Um. And, and now getting in, in, into reason and the and the games uh impalas and, 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 and hydraulics, which hand claps because whenever it's reason, so Savon is all in when when, when when it's a reason song because we cannot wait for that next album. Um, because his last one was, was just phenomenal. But you know, in this new track, you know, which arrives ahead of, of his uh, upcoming project, you know, there's just structured rhyme schemes with purpose, and this track just shows his lyrical prowess once again. Like this was a, a phenomenal j- j- just on point track in terms of the lyricism that he had and adding the game at the game fit up fit on it j- 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 just really well like what were your thoughts on this track because I-, I believe he released a single before this and it didn't have the same um and, and it had j-rock on it didn't have the same feel to it but this one I-, I really feel as though he hit the mark on it um showed the lyrical prowess and just kind of yeah. like a good setup for his next project great great melody great great bridges yeah. in between his uh his verses and the hooks he placed there his ad libs was nice uh okay that's I mean I love it it was simple the hook was simple but it still resonated still hit and then the game man I mean the game came on in and slid on it like, he's got an album <clears throat> dropping tonight dramatic yeah yeah it perfect feature perfect feature both of the guys once again I didn't know who verse was better uh, which is it was a good so thing close. it was so yeah. close they were they went which back is a good and forth thing. yeah yeah. Which is a good thing, but that's big. I'm glad whoever told him to put the game on this track, because I mean it's Impala's, and you know what I mean. That's right up the game's alley, the game's man. Alley. He's yeah, like, yeah, come so, on, come on. <laughs> right, yeah. So I thought it was that was a perfect situation for him to drop, and I thought that was definitely a single song. Yes, um, got that one right. Yeah, the beat was fire too. Beat was crazy. <laughs> As soon as that came on, as soon yeah. as that came on, I was like, I'm in. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then you know, Reese got that. That scratchy voice, not hard as Jada Kiss, but it's it's a little there. It is yeah. just his voice, just it's just I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's that's a dope, that's a dope track. Definitely. It, I mean, new big Be- I know New Beginnings is like one of your favorite albums of the last few <clears throat> years. I mean, that's <clears throat> is there <clears throat> what what like what what do you want to see from him in, in his next album? Because obviously that one was so good. It, it was it was it was the, the the level of quality was just so high. Like in terms of this next project, what do you want to see him go into, or is, is it maybe like a continuation of what we saw in that last project? I don't want him to to be the next Kendrick or mm. be like Kendrick. Okay. You know, Kendrick had the lane of being you know poetic and having something to say about his environment, um, like being uh pro black and stuff. That's cool. That was Kendrick's lane. Oh, for Kendrick, yeah. Reason has his own lane, but I think he's going to be the face of TDE because Kendrick is gone. His last album, he's gone. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not with TDE anymore. So I just want him to continue to grow as he's already doing because he has a great sound of music. He has a great catalog. The guy can't miss. To me, he hasn't missed yet. Like since I've been listening to him and gradually going back and listening to his, uh, his, his you know, previous work. But I think he has progressed in all factions of music of hip hop melodies cadence voice knowing how to you know, be simplistic when it comes to hooks but they resonate and they hit hard yeah i just want him to continue to be him and just yeah. he's the face of TDE in my eyes. J-Rock had oh, for it for sure. a certain stint. Kendrick had it for a long stint and now <laughs> it's reason's turn. It's reason to be the face of TDE cuz SZA yeah. ain't never going to drop so she can't be the face. You can't be the face. You on drop something. <laughs> you can't be the face. You can't be the face. You on drop something. <laughs> no, can't be the face of it. 
Yeah. Um. And, and now getting in, in, into 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 Jid's uh, new, new song with Kenny Mason Dance now, which was produced mm-hmm. by uh, uh, Cristo and, and Aviate. It's a, a it's a head nod or just, just filled with, with religious references and you know shows ruminations on choices we make in life. And his his next album, uh, the Forever Story, is dropping August twenty sixth, and, th- and this was the the lead up to it. Like, what were some of your thoughts on, on this track? And just like you know, we're we're huge fans of what JID can do because he's mm-hmm. really one of the underrated rappers in, in yes. hip hop. <clears throat> And it's been a while since he's dropped a project. Like, what were your thoughts on this track and just, you know, what he has coming up and, and, and going forward in the Forever Story? Versatility at its finest. Mm. Like, when it comes to hip hop, he's perfect. Yeah. He can, he's, he ha- like, he he checks boxes. Like, he is, is crazy. Why I don't listen to him more? I don't know why I don't listen to him more, but he checks boxes. For certain, I've never heard him on a track not kill it, not figure out a way to even with the track with him and reasons talk and it stink like his. Yeah. Oh my god! Like I don't understand. Like how do you find these melodies, bro? How do you do this stuff? Like how? Yeah. Like, dude, is the guy just, even he he can even challenge J Cole on a verse when they're together? Yes. Like that's what I'm. He can yes. he can challenge the top guys in hip hop. On a verse, like no one's safe when, when you're on a track with, with nobody, with nobody, because yeah. he can switch the whole. He can he can bring a different element out of the song that you know didn't know it was possible. Like if you send him a song, like you're the artist you want him to feature on, he's like, I didn't even think about that melody. How do you like? That's crazy. Like he he does that. Like I don't understand. Like as a rapper, as an artist, wow, like how do you do that consistently enough? Yeah. And it hits every time. It's not like like uh, I don't. He should have never did that. <laughs> it's never that way. Well, it's a, oh, no. I've listened to him on Pivot. I've listened to him with Saba. I listened to him with uh Spillage Spill Village. His <laughs> first group with Earth Grain them. Like I've listened oh, to goodness, every man. possible scenario. Yeah. Every time he raps, he figures out a different way to be be different or elevate his sound. That's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there, there, I mean, there, there, there we go again. Cause I mean, like you got two artists that we just talked about just drop really like pinpoint singles. Like, um, yes. When, when you look at, 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 at when that happens, when artists are able to do that, does that say more about the artists or more about like the, the team that they're with and, and the, and the feedback that they're giving to, to lead them into that? Like, is it, it's one of those things where you're like, that artist is doing it mainly or he's mm-hmm. really, or is it just like, he's really listening to the team he has and they're just like mapping out things the right way. I think it's a bit of both, because yeah. if you if you look at an artist standpoint, you have the ear first and foremost. When you've been doing music long enough, you know what sounds good, what can be released or has a possibility to be released, and what doesn't. Like mm. I countless hours in here, I'm like I'm working on a song or three songs, and I'm done, and I come back the next day, I'm like, yo, that doesn't sound good. That's not good enough. Mm. And you try to fix it, it's not good enough. And you move on to the next. Like you have that ear as an artist because you're a consumer first. And then, you know, so you have that sixth cent, like what's good and what doesn't hit. Like you know that. And then once you know it hits for you and it feels good to you, then you get that feedback from your team. They're like, okay, I like this, but maybe you tweak it here. So I think it's a bit of both, but it also, it always starts with the artist itself because you have that sixth cent. If you really put, if you really listen to music and you're really doing what you need to do in the studio, you'll understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want that. Let's scrap that. I don't want to do that anymore. Like, you, it's, yeah, it's a sixth cent. So I think every artist, it starts with them. And then having a team to give you that feedback is also vital too. So it's a bit of both. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and getting back to to we're, 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 this is a throwback review, like a, a really old album, and most because I because because I kind of want to start doing that is it, 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 finding finding some throwback albums because like he was in in his prime and in his peak, really one of the most talented rappers, gifted rappers. Um, and, and in, in his album uh, Black on Both Sides, um, you know this was one of those 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 albums where it was just metic- meticulously crafted lyrics. Um, you know, he has uh, sporadic introductory speeches, tribe style, laid back beats. Like there's so much that, that he puts into this. And it's one of those and it's one of those projects that I feel as though was ahead of its time because he was like in, in certain some of those speeches that, that he played in the in, in, in the songs, trying to be a prophet, uh, 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 trying to be a forerunner for for the culture. Like when you look back at this album and just the influence that it has, like, you know, 20 plus years later, um, what are your thoughts on it and, and just, you know, what it was able to accomplish? 
Most Death. What a name, first and foremost. Oh, yeah. Most Death. Like a fire name. The <laughs> guy could freestyle for hours. Mm-hmm. You know, hip hop started about freestyling on the corners. New yeah. York, Brooklyn. Like, it took you, I just, you back to that. It took you yes. back to just where it all started. Yes. And you just look at his videos, even when like he was in the midst of being most deaf, mm-hmm. like you could tell, like, okay, this dude is just like talented. This album, bro, like Mathematics is my favorite song on this oh. album. Bro, Mathematics beat is my so goodness, crazy. Man. And like, yo, him and Talib Kali, bro, what a they it was a crazy duo with the label. Yeah. They should have signed Kanye, but the label didn't want to sign Kanye, but that's another story. But yo, I Go think a this whole story about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a whole documentary yeah, on it. Documentary, yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> but no, I thought this was man. This was dope. Like most dev, like yeah, authentically hip hop, bro. Like he's he's just lyrical. He has the bars. He has the like. It's the he check boxes too. Like you know, but his 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 style wasn't accepted all the time though, because he has a different style. Him and Talib, they have a different style. That, and that's and that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Like like when you look at an artist like like him, who we both universally ex- a, a, um, respect and just mm-hmm. accept as just a great rapper overall, and in every category you can put in. Like, what are your thoughts on the fact that he wasn't as accepted? Because, like you said, he had a different style. He had something that yeah. people weren't completely familiar with and comfortable with. I I think you, it grows on you, but you you know it's 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 a it's a New York thing. It's it's authentically hip hop, but I think. It, it it has to grow on you, like some like who who's an artist had to had to grow on me. Drake had to grow on me, to be honest with you. Mm. Like I didn't like Drake at first. I didn't like it. I didn't I didn't like. It. I was like, bro, who is this dude? Like Degrassi, who's this dude? Wheelchair guy. Okay, <laughs> all right, he's rapping. All right, cool. <laughs> I didn't like him at first. Now I'm like a huge fan of Drake. So it it has to like it has to grow on you. Mm. And him being consistent in the sound of music, he has a a, a huge fan base so oh, i man. think it it just depends it's just it's just about like waiting your turn and creating that foundation and people are gonna gravitate it sooner or later and that's what people did because he he would stay true to himself him and to leave i always gotta you know want them together because they yeah, have the do. similar style they was on the do. same label yeah. that you know i think of them of as uh oh gosh with Q-Tip, what's Q-Tip? Uh, what their group name? Come on, Wellington. Uh, Q-Tip. <laughs> ah, it's gonna eat me. Q-Tip. Q-Tip. Mm, oh, not Goody Mob. That's not good. That's CeeLo though. Oh man, I can't remember it, but they all have the same style. Yeah. Q-Tip, his crew, mm-hmm. most of them. But you had to like it had to you had to warm up to it. And people had to accept it. And then once they accept it, they realize how great you are, how good you are. And them boys used to rap. Matter of fact, I'm oh, at yeah. the we can move on, but I'm gonna have to look that up. I forgot their name. <laughs> nah, not, not not at all. And, and I mean, like, yeah, like like you said, like like the, this album just, just it, it really does show the versatility and just kind of like going going forward what what his career was gonna play out to. It may have not played out the way we, the way we thought it would, but um it it, it it definitely was a phenomenal album that that stands the test of time. I, I don't know. Do you want us to wait for when we get back from from the from for the review to to, to uh okay, tribe okay. call quest? Yep, there you go. There, there we go. go. There you yeah, go. Yeah, them boys Boom. rap, boy. Boys <laughs> one of my rap. ever. Yeah, my favorite mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, definitely. And then now, and, and one more thing: <clears throat> when you look at an artist who's who's just an A lister now in hip hop, and they're at the top. <clears throat> Who who to you has the, had the most improbable rise? Like 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 somebody who's at the top and everybody was like, "There's no way we thought they would be that big." <laughs> Drake, yeah, for certain. A lot of people, you know, Jim Jones said it, Snoop Dogg said it, Fifty yeah, Cent Snoop, said Snoop it. Dogg even admitted it. Snoop Dogg even, yeah. I didn't think he'd be as big as he is today. Mm-hmm. J Cole, J Cole's another yes, one. Another one. Another one. Being on <clears throat> Jay Z's label. Doesn't always merit doesn't you always to the top, you know what I mean? And he said that a lot, especially in um, sideline story. Mm. He he meant that a lot. But I think J Cole's how his progression was. He like yeah, he took a he his lane was it was different, and I think people gravitated toward because he used to talk about college a lot. He talked about his struggles when he's a kid, being you know half black, half white. Like people gravitate towards that, and he, his fan base. 
put him up there. Obviously, you got to have a great fan base, but his content, people had to warm up to J. Cole. And once they warmed up to J. Cole and accepted him, his fan base went up. And I'm one of them. Yeah, I'm one of them. But like J. Cole and Drake, I know they, you know, they're the the top guns, but him and, yeah, Drake, uh, J. Cole, and uh, Joey. Joey Bad. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Joey. Yeah, for sure. Didn't think Joe was going to be that, but I knew he always, you, you see his old stuff, you know, he was rap. He was, he was, he was hip hop and he's from New York, but you didn't know he was going to get to where he was and, and deliver one of the best albums to this day in America, you know, America with three K's like that album is still, you know, stand the test of time, but him, you know, all those, both three of those guys, I think kind of surprised me to be up to where they are now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely be dots. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our Fences review. Welcome back to the show. And now we're getting into our Fences review. And to start with the overview, Fences is a 2016 American period drama film starring, produced, and directed by Denzel Washington, written by um, August Wilson based on his Pulitzer Prize winning 1985 play of the same name. Um, in addition to Washington, the film stars Viola Davis, um, Stephen McKinley uh, Henderson, uh, Giovanna Depo, Russell Hornsby, uh, Michael uh, Makita Williamson, and also Sunia Cindy. And you know, when you look at this film, it had had a budget of twenty four million, and also brought in sixty four point four million in the box office. Um, had a ninety two percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was also chosen by American Film Institute as one of the top ten films of twenty sixteen, mm-hmm. um, including four Oscar nominations at the eighty ninth Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Actor, um, Best Supporting Actress, and, and also Best Adapted Screenplay. When, when you look at, at at this film and just you know everything it was covering, obviously like 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 with the father son relationship, yeah. you know him him wanting to be uh, a, a baseball player and then seeing what his son wanted to do and that that tug of you know that 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 just that 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 pull of what what do I need the the best for my son to do and also his dreams and aspirations and just the the family dynamics that that were brought into that. What were mm-hmm. your initial thoughts on it and just kind of like. like looking back at the significance of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. First, looking at this film, it does cover so much. <clears throat> it covers, excuse me, it covers the, you know, the, the family dynamics mm-hmm. and the hierarchy that it comes within just not even just a black family, but just in a family in all together, especially in that time. Yeah. And just how much pressure that it was for a black male to uh, succeed or to provide and to make, you know, and do all these things to, to make sure his family good and the wife having to sacrifice as well. And the kid doesn't understand. Like, it's so many had, as it, it talked about so many good family dynamics yeah. and dreams, aspirations. I thought it was really dope that it, it touched it and that we got the woman's perspective first and foremost, really we got important. the woman's perspective and how women felt because they didn't have any, they couldn't do anything else. They couldn't do anything else. They was meant to be, not meant to be, but they were, was shelled to be a housewife, take care of the kids, take care of the, you know, do the certain things around the home, couldn't go get a job, couldn't make as much money as the male. So it touched so many things. And then it gave the woman's perspective and it gave the kids perspective. The aftermath, the consequences, the cause and effect. So I thought this film touched so many things, and then it was shot. I thought it was shot beautifully. Yeah, um, that's one of the yeah. biggest things. That's one of the biggest because you can just tell how how well the, uh, the, the like the, the movie the movie was shot, and just right. all the aspects of it. Like, like 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 when you first saw it, what was you know were the family dynamics that the first thing that stood out like 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 or the aesthetic of the film like when you look at especially with it also being a broadway and and having a story on it and there were just so many you know connecting yeah. parts to it um was was the film kind of like being shot well like, like one of the the main things that that that, that kind of like stood out to you when you first saw it no it I mean, you 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 get into it because of Viola Davis and yeah. you know Denzel Washington, yeah. the actors. But once you get into just being excited because they're in the film, and then you get into the storyline, you get into the family dynamics, and you see how it's shot. Yeah, they, I think that seeing how it's shot is different because it's not a, a you know an action film or a comedy or something like that. It's not you don't look at the the aesthetics first, but when it comes to like drama and mm-hmm. and family woes, you look at you 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 try to 
indulge into the storyline before you 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 know indulge into the how it's shot. But I yeah. think yeah, the storyline really kind of you know captivated me for a moment and then you look at okay they shot this really well okay i love that scene i love how they transition in i love this shot like then you get into that for me yeah for me absolutely um and getting to to our first topic from from one to four stars what would you give it like looking back at this movie like what would be your particular rating for and just like some of your reasons i would give it a i would give it four stars yes i have to give it four four stars (laughs) because i love the way they utilize the metaphors, mm. you know, standing in one spot with you. Baseball terminology. I got two strikes. I didn't want to get a third strike. I uh, I bunted. You know what I'm saying? I fooled them, Rose. I fooled them, Rose. <laughs> like I love the way they use that. Like you know how I always say Malcolm Marie used music. Yes. To you know bring the scene out a little more. They use metaphors. They use like you know they use examples, mm-hmm. and it, it makes you think. Okay, if you can't understand it in a, in like the normal way, okay, sports might be. I I can't explain in any other way. So I'm a sports guy. I love baseball. I talk in baseball terms. Yeah. So I love the way they utilize the metaphors, utilize other things to try to explain what's going on. And um, I give it three out of stars because I mean Viola Davis. That Viola Davis scene when she was just slinging snot. I know they was thinking ahead, mm. girl. It's not that serious. It's, it's not that serious. Can you come out and give all a napkin, please? Yeah, napkin. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody give all a napkin, please. <laughs> but getting it in, in, into the rating for this, I mean, I, I would give it four stars as well. I mean, I feel as though the, the symbolism was was just very strong in, in yeah. it. I mean, it's just like. When you, when you look at at the at the dynamics and the performances that are being displayed, especially in a black family where we all know, like there, th- there's the image of you know what a father is supposed to do, wh- wh- you know, yeah. to, to really support his family and kind of just separate it, separate himself in the pack and just a very a competitive society and, and a work workforce. I thought that was just displayed, you know, to perfection in terms of what Denzel Washington was doing, and even by, especially Viola Davis. Yes, from a woman's perspective, we don't see that in a lot of films. And then we were finally able to get that in this one. Um, but, but getting into our tech, second topic with favorite character, like who particular to you was kind of like the, the main character that, that was kind of the, the standout or, or, or you, you kind of felt as though it was the top one in terms of like what you observe from them the most. I mean, you, I gotta go with Denzel. Uh, <clears throat> what he was able to do with the character. Cause he's done this on Broadway too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I forgot the gentleman's name. Old school guy did Lion King the voice. Um, Jer- James Earl Jones. There you go. He did it um, on Broadway too, and I I've seen clips of him doing it on Broadway. Doesn't mm. come close to what Denzel did. It's just it's different. It's the different. voice. It's what you bring out of here. Your actions, his movements, like he brings it out. Like you can, like that's a perfect example of two people doing the same role in a completely like, different way. <laughs> completely different way. And who brings it out? Because you know James Earl Jones has that voice, but it's it yeah. doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't matter about the voice. It's the tone of it. Mm-hmm. It's the tone of it and how you bring it out with your body. So I think Denzel, he, I think he realized that at a at a young 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 age of his career, that that's why he moves the way he moves, talks the way he look. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> you remember hey, it's those particulars, it's those, it's those details, yes, those small details, the he, small like, details, uh, man. And then look is is a bunch of stuff, but no, I think Denzel's my favorite character because I think he bodied this role <clears throat> on screen and and um on Broadway. It's just he just brought it out. He just brought it to a different way. Especially I want to get I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this scene like my favorite scenes that we'll talk about here shortly that he just brought it out. You, you, I felt like I was like there. You know what I mean? I was just like. It was just like and a fly or something, and, and that was another thing I wanted to mention. This felt like one of those movies that you were literally there, like 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 when, like when I was watching it um last night, it almost felt as though I was right there on screen. It just felt yes. like a very personal movie. Like like mm-hmm. when you when you watch a film like that, is it one of those things where you can kind of just feel it from 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 like you know the beginning moments, or is it just like throughout the film? Like there's a, there's that one point where you're like, look, I really feel like I'm a part of this movie in a way that's just different than than other ones that I've watched. 
Oh, oh, for certain. I think that's how you <clears throat> make it personable and you kind of relate to it. Cause I've been in situations like that thinking, you know, my dad and like me or something like, cause he didn't show affection. He didn't give us hugs or things like that. He wasn't that type of guy. Like he didn't grow up that way. So like some of them, I was like, you even like me? Like, I felt like I never said that to my dad, but I thought I was yeah. like, do my dad even like me? Like, <laughs> he, don't, <laughs> he don't show us no affection, but he was there. You yeah, got food to eat. He always present to the games, all that. He was there. He was our cheerleader. He was our number one fan. But, but you like, you miss cause you kind of, don't think about like the things that matter. Like you got clothes, you got food, you got heat, got you got electric, you, you got everything. And we don't think about that. Yeah. That's what they think about. Like, I don't have to like you. I don't gotta like you. I gotta provide for you. That's not my job. There's nothing in the description that say I gotta like my kids. So yeah. <laughs> I felt that moment. I felt it. So yeah, yeah. Denzel kind of, yeah, yeah. He bodied his role, bro. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely have, have, have Troy Maxson as my favorite character. I mean, like, and, and another thing as well is just kind of the trauma and and when things finally part, fall apart, mm-hmm. as we see later on, later on in the movie, and just how that goes with him, you know, kind of wrecking, uh, uh, you know, the the family dynamic and just kind of like his, the, the, his wife trust. There's just so many things that he that he's carrying in this film that it's 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 really gripping like like it's it's a really gripping movie it doesn't mm-hmm. hold back anything like like they, nope. they they really cover every aspect and i mean another thing when you look at this entire cast like like do you feel as though in terms of just not only with Denzel and Viola but just every other part cuz i feel as though this was a really like well put together cast yes. there yeah. was no thing left unturned everybody even if there wasn't a significant role they were putting mm-hmm. the right pieces to like really flourish yes. and, and help this movie yes Russell Hornsby yeah. One of the yeah, he's been in so many black films and regular films. He's he's a good actor. Uh Michael T. Williamson, he's a good actor. Like, he's played in so many funny roles and yeah. he, his role was pretty dope. Like they I think, yeah, like you said, their cast, even Javon Adipo, like him playing Corey, like they their casting was spot on for this movie. And it's it's you know, I mean it's evident when you get, you know, so many uh, nominations, fifty nine yeah. wins, one hundred twenty. Like you know, one one Oscar. Like you don't miss. It don't miss. Like that's a perfect. <laughs> that's a perfect casting. Yeah. Like they they checked all the boxes. I mean, yeah. I mean, every everybody did a phenomenal job. Everybody got paid too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, and, and now getting into, into some of the, the memorable scenes of the film. Um, I, I, you know, I obviously the the ain't got to like you. Um, yeah. seen one of one of the top ones. Uh, becoming a man. Um, yeah. Also, uh, the same the, the same spot as you, uh, the uh, Alberta had the baby. Um, death knocks against uh, um, de- the the the, the uh, death knocks against scene. Also, sins of the father, and then yeah. finally uh, Troy's victory scene. Uh, one of the final ones. I mean, there's so many so many like pivotal uh, scenes in this film. Like, mm-hmm. were there any particular ones that kind of that, that kind of stood out to you or, or resonate with you the most? Obviously, you know the slain snot and like I'm standing in one spot with you those, but yeah, when they were about to go to the funeral mm-hmm. and he was like, even, you know, I'm going to stop saying their real names <laughs> and say the what's called <laughs> the actual character. Rose, <laughs> like Rose was like, even all he's done, Rose said, you still got to respect your father. You still got to come. You still got, you know, he's still your dad at the end of the day and him holding those grudges. Those are, are extremely realistic. We hold grudges from, it doesn't have to be a parent. It could be a friend. It could be a colleague. It could be anybody. You can hold those grudges because they did this or whatever, and you haven't forgave them. And I think that was the biggest. He didn't forgive him for uh, what he did to the family, even though he, he's human, you know? But um, I thought that was a dope scene. Um, and her just like, yeah, like, I wanted to experience life. Like, you just sit there and think, like, bro, like, thank Whatever you going through, she's going through it ten times worse because you the worse. head. Ten times worse. You the head. Yeah. She had aspirations. She wanted to do something. She wanted to step out. Like, but yeah. I understood where he was coming from too. To but like, it's so much pressure. But you don't do what he did. Obviously, you just don't do that. And then he didn't want to stop. So I mean, <laughs> you gotta go, brother. No, yeah. that's strike two, sir. Don't you fuck up. Strike two. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and I mean, uh, uh, another 
I, 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 I guess like another aspect of the movie, like especially the the, res- the respect part of it in terms of yes. in terms of like still respecting your father when, when something like that happens. Like, like, yeah. like, like what, how did that like stand out to you? Because like, you know, she, she even says at the end of the movie, like no matter what has happened, obviously like, like he, he made a huge mistake, broke, broke up, um, just a, a core amount of trust with his family members. Like, like what yeah. it out to you in, in, her, in terms of that part with her, just like with, 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 with her, like addressing to her son, like, Hey, you still have to respect your dad, no matter yeah. what. Even even when something like, like this happens, that really wrecks trust and just like a, a a a sense of respect for someone. I think she understood that respect goes a long way. And once you when you respect someone, I think eventually you'll be able to forgive them. Um, and but I think she understood the the path that he was going down because you're going to have to be a father. You're yeah. going to make mistakes. You're not going to be the perfect person. Your kids going to hold grudges against you, but you won't want them to forgive you. So I think it was a, a learning opportunity for him to understand. Like, yeah, he was he did th- he did a lot of great things. He did a lot of bad things, but you still have to respect him because at the end of the day. You have to be a father as well. You have to be a individual who's going, people are going to like not rock with you or have grudges yeah. towards you. You want them to forgive you. So I think she understood that this was a learning moment. You got to understand you still got to respect them regardless of what he did because Absolutely. you will want the same thing. But yeah, great mom, great mom moment, great teaching moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I'll get into most of the quotes. Um, I had a man supposed to take care of his family uh, from mm-hmm. Troy. Um, also, uh, um, I told you a, a watch pot never boils from from Rose. Uh, some people build fences to, to keep people out, and other people mm-hmm. uh, build f- fences to keep people in. Um, fr- from from Jim. Also, uh, Troy Troy um, Max. It's not easy for me to admit that I've been standing in the same place for yeah. eighteen years. Um, a, a, a really a really pivotal quote. And then um, also, I took all my feelings, my wants and needs and dreams. I buried them inside of you. I, I planted a seed and watched and prayed over it. Um, I planted my, myself inside of you and waited to bloom um, uh, uh, um, for, from from Rose. And there's just so many quotes in here that are, you know, from the heart. They're, they're transparent. They're really trying to to express something to the to the other yeah. person. Like um, what quote in particular or maybe, a, um, a, you know, a couple quotes um, yeah. sit out to you in this one. Yeah, I think Rose had the most profound uh, quotes. And um I think when she she said your daddy wanted you to be everything he wasn't, and at the same time he wanted you to be everything he was. Mm. Crazy, that is a crazy. Wow. That's crazy. And then um, everything that boy do, he do for you. So th- those correlate perfect because you wanna you want your dad to say I'm proud of you, and you want your dad to see how hard you're working, and you know what I mean. And I think you're chasing chasing the approval of your father. And him chasing approval of his father. And, you know, I think it's just a, a, a never-ending sequel, and you got to break those generational curses. And I think this film touched those things, that even though your father was a certain way, doesn't mean you have to be that way. Mm. You know what I mean? So I thought, yeah, she had a lot of them. You know, when I've been standing here with you, I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. And she, I just saw a bit of snot just fly off her nose and landing on that that innocent ground of grass out there in that backyard. I just I just know it's still it's staying fine. back there, Willis. <laughs> Yo, I could have been no, no sound guy, no camera guy when she did that because of my headlight, bro. <laughs> Are you <laughs> Bro, I couldn't do it, bro. I would nah, I would have been just like know. this. <laughs> like y'all saying this, <laughs> bro? Let me hold that boom mic would have dropped by three or four times. I ain't gonna lie to you, cause she would have did that. Ooh, my oh, okay. But nah, yeah, yeah. But um, Rose had some of the dopest quotes. Oh yeah, yeah, she had some absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll get into, into what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, looking looking at some of the, the the particular aspects of it. I mean, obviously, like, um emphasizing respect emphasizing you know mm-hmm. responsibility you know no 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 matter what we can say about Troy he did show his son like hey like for future years to come like this is what you have to do yeah. to provide for a family to to, to, mm-hmm. to protect your family to, to to take care of your wife one day all those all those basic family aspects and just you know for manhood as well um yeah. were, 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 were laid out really well like to you like what particular element of the storyline like did you kind of like the most hmm. I like 
there was dialogue within the family that they didn't like just let things float away. Like there were always teachable moments, Mm -hmm. whether it was good or bad. Like even when he was, uh, I think trying to go play baseball or something or something he was trying to do. He was like, you think that's right? You, you need to go down there and go get that job and make some money. Like, so the, there was always teachable moments. There were always great dialogue that you don't really are not allowed to have at a young age with your pops or with your mom. Well, you can have it with your mom, but not with your pops because it's a different type of hierarchy when yeah. it comes to uh, father and son. But I do think I love the dialogue that they have in the wife and mother. I mean, wife and husband and the wife, the mother and the son. Like, I love that dialogue, that stuff that you don't really see that they highlighted a lot. Those mm-hmm. uh, un, un, uh, unseen conversations, hard conversations. It was a lot of hard conversations. But, yeah. yeah, I think I liked that the most. It was it was realistic and relatable. Yeah. You, you see the family dynamic. You see the family hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And especially in that time. Oh, it was bad. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially. Black, in the black family. Black men, yeah. And and, and and that's really another thing that stood out. Looking back at that time in that era, like yeah. like, like what's like how how accurate like do you think like they were able to portray like that time period of what was happening then? You know, just in, in the fifties, it was it was it was especially different. Like, like, oh it, yeah, it was extremely different in terms of just like everything that was laid out in society. J- just the separation of, of 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 races and all those things that that like that that were just. Mm-hmm. reality back then like, like what's it out to you just in terms of the depiction of that era and just how things were back then oh spot on you know like when yeah. you say he already had two strikes against him you know yeah like he, he didn't have he only had a certain life he was a black man it was a slim pickings you had to work harder than the next man work harder than the, the, the white man yeah. um you didn't have many resources and you didn't have anything so all you could do that you can control is your family what you eat, what you drink, and who you who you who you you know mess around with. That's all you could control. Like, come in, you you beat down all day, and you come home. And I think that was the importance of having a two parent home, and the importance of having a family. Like, family is all they had back in this time because they didn't have much. It was paycheck to paycheck, barely paying bills, stretching things, trying to. And then, oh yeah, I think it depicted it perfectly. And then yeah. you. You realize, like, I'm doing the same thing. I want something new. And then something yeah. new come, and it mess up your whole family. And then you don't want to let it go because it's something new. Mm-hmm. Perfect depiction. <laughs> yeah, it, it was absolutely, absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. They, like, they, they did not, looking back at that, just how th- how different things were, it, it's... It's it's all it's crazy how how well they were able mm. a, a, able to, to really pinpoint it and, and and just get it down to a T. But um, getting getting to our last topic, you know, ten years from now, like, do you still think this will be watchable and intriguing? Like, like, like I, I definitely think the, the performances and, and everything that was laid out. I mean, it, it's just this was the best of the best. When you see yeah. Viola Davis and Denzel Washington movie together, just put these type of yeah. performances late in their career like this. I mean, it's just ex- exceptional. Uh, black excellence um a- a- as they've always been able to display like how do you think this movie will age you know even another um 10 years from now for people that you know haven't seen this film as much and, and are going to see it for the first time there's so many memorable scenes first yeah. and foremost and you we, we get those <clears throat> and social media is so beautiful and it, it has its dark side obviously but mm-hmm. you get to see those snippet clips and it's going to make you wonder what that is or like who who is that? Like even like you know the young kids. Who is Denzel Washington? Who is Viola Davis? Well, you won't find out. Yeah, um, you find out very soon. <laughs> but then it's relatable. Um, yeah, it's that family dynamic, especially the black family. You know, is relatable. You have certain moments that you can you know relate to, and you can correlate with your own life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's realistic. It's definitely realistic, and the depiction is realistic. And I think it's going to stand the test of time, which is already is. Um, because of the great actors that are in it and then the relatability to it, you know, especially those moments which are, you just want approval. You want to hear, I'm proud of you. And those, those you no know, intimate moments that you don't get if your father wasn't, you know, raised that way, or you don't get those opportunities because you got to be manly and masculine. So I think people will gravitate to it for those reasons. I mean, it's a, it's a great film. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and one more thing like that, that that relationship that father-son relationship was one of the biggest things that stood out yeah. to me mm-hmm. how much do you th- like 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 how much do you put on e- even in reality 
uh, when it when it comes to black families and, and just black 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 fathers and well, it's just how much their past and how they grew up affects how they how they deal with with their kids and especially their sons because it, yeah. it's one thing about that connection of just like hey like I'm gonna support you but that real one on one connection is one of those things that may take time to develop because it, it mm. uh, uh, they they're on that one track mind of. I've got to do what I've got to do for you now until yes. you can finally realize and take and it all in of what yeah. I'm trying to do. Yeah. And I, you know, I think from it coming down from generation, generation to generation, I think it, it takes into account for a percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I was saying, like it doesn't just because your father was this way or still these things in you doesn't mean you have to do the same. And I know a lot of fathers, father were, wasn't there or was terrible or womanizers or women beaters, but it didn't turn out that way. Some do, don't get me wrong. Some do, but I think a percentage of it is up to you. A percentage of it. You don't have to be, like your father but i do right. think having that connect one-on-one connection with your son and trying to instill those hard things it's going to be difficult and you got to choose what do you want more do you want to be have that that friendship type vibes with your kid or you want to instill discipline which is not easy and this doesn't come out with friendship because you got to <laughs> be a hard stern father but yes. you do have those little moments where you're like you're soft and you can have those talks with your kid and just tell them like, I'm really proud of you. I love you. But also it's, I think it's not even a balance. You have to slide that in every now and again. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be stern, man. You, you have to be stern. You have, have that, to, in there. that discipline, but you have to add that love too. Yeah. Well, discipline is, is an act of love, it's but like that into like, yeah. I'm proud. Yeah. I'm, I love you. So yeah. give me a hug. I love you. So <laughs> that's difficult sometimes though. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Winter Burns. Let my counterpart say about Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.